Listening to your old friends Ron and Don on the Ron and Ra- on the Ron and Don Radio Network, man. <laughs> hey, you guys! What's going on? It is episode two sixty eight now of the Ron and Don Show. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. We're sitting right now in the Les Schwab Studios, and our thanks to Les Schwab. It's the summer driving season, and if you're getting ready to go somewhere, stop by Les Schwab Tire Center. And uh, make sure they get a free pre-trip safety check. They shout out to Les Schwab and Ballard that took a nail out of my tire for free. Nice. Yeah, that's what they do at Les Schwab. Roll in there. If you don't need something, they're not going to upsell you guys. So just go to LesSchwab.com and find that location near you. Coming up on the Ron and Don Show, three police officers in Tacoma have just been arrested. We're going to talk about why they've been arrested. Also in Alabama, uh, in schools in Alabama, uh, you can now practice yoga but there are certain yoga terms that you cannot use in Alabama. So we'll talk about that. I think it's very interesting. The, the, Alabama, the when I think of Alabama, I don't think of yoga. I just don't. <laughs> Maybe that's a good thing. I then, don't. That uh, they allow it now. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. I'm proud of myself because I've been, I've been trying to learn more about Bitcoin. And it seems like everyone's talking about Bitcoin and Dogecoin and Elon Musk. They said, boy, he's going to go on Saturday Night Live a couple Saturdays ago. And Bitcoin and Dogecoin, it's all going to go through the roof. And then in recent weeks, he announced that he will no longer being, uh, he will no longer allow for people to pay for a Tesla car with Bitcoin. And so, and it had to do with the mining and what was happening with the miners. And so I looked into this and I go, are there really miners out there in the same way that you would mine? And don't laugh at me. This is what I thought. And I think a lot of people thought this too. Are, are there really miners out there that are mining these Bitcoins? And where are these coins and what these coins look like? And what I discovered is there are actual coins, but these aren't the things that miners are mining. Uh, these are miners that are sitting at computers that are using a lot of the world's energy to basically solve a problem. And if they can solve a problem, then they end up with a bunch of Bitcoin as a result of solving this problem. And the reason why Elon Musk stepped in and said, hey, we don't want to use Bitcoin anymore because a lot of these miners that are solving these problems, a lot of these computers are creating, creating a lot of pollution worldwide. And I'm Elon Musk. We have Tesla cars. In fact, there's a real concern now because there's real miners that are going in and they're mining lithium. So what happens is we're mining more lithium for battery operated cars, some real mining going on there. And then we have this computer mining of Bitcoin. Here's the thing I don't understand. I don't know if you can answer this for me. I have asked a number of my friends who have gone out and got wallets and they have Bitcoin and they're buying it and they're checking it. Are you doing that? You, you seem to be a I, person that would do that. I, I have done it. I don't do you do have it. a wallet? Do you have Bitcoin? I have a wallet. But I, I do you check all, it every 10 minutes to see if you're no, I, a millionaire? Uh, when we got fired from uh, the radio station, I sold my my portfolio of crypto because I thought I would need it for rent and stuff. Oh, okay. Anyway. So I, I haven't jumped back in. Anyway. What the, here's the thing I don't understand, and I, I couldn't find the answer online. I looked everywhere. 
what is the problem that they are trying to solve? That's what I don't understand. That's a good question. So, and this might take me a second to unpack. Um, the concept for let's go all did, the way. Did I back. get everything right so far? Yeah, you got it pretty right. Okay. And so let's Which is go, unusual for me. Let's go back <laughs> to the the purpose of a cryptocurrency, because that's why these problems are existing. So if you take the speculators and the people that are just trying to make a quick buck and put them off to the side, yeah. why was this currency invented? One of the main reasons was uh, and the guy that the the shadow figure that is responsible for this Satoshi is they wanted to solve this problem. Let's say that you and I didn't live in Seattle, Washington. We lived in Zimbabwe. And we go to bed one day uh, with $5 in our pocket, and we could buy a couple loaves of bread, and we could buy uh, a meal for our family with that $5. Then we wake up the next day, and the government decided, hey, inflation just went up by a 1,000% overnight. At midnight, we changed it, and now your $5 is worth $0.05. Cents. You could do nothing about that because we lived here and that's the currency we had. So there were many places around the world where the currency was so volatile that people on the street, it, it disproportionately affected uh, the people, just your everyday citizen. And so they said, what if we could create a currency that was outside of any government oversight? And so you and I, let's say we had this cryptocurrency to where I could go to your restaurant and regardless of what the government of Zimbabwe is doing day to day, I can say, I need a couple of loaves of bread and food for my family. I'm going to pay you this thing and you recognize its value. And we don't care what inflation is doing in our country. We're going to, I'm going to trade bread for this crypto. So that's a noble cause. So the problem then became, well, how do we know that people aren't going to counterfeit this? How do we know, how do you know as the merchant that I just didn't make up my currency? Because you're not backed by the government, right? And yeah, it's so not backed by the government. United States government, if, if, if something And I don't happens, have a physical note. Yeah. I don't have a, a, a note that you can right. hold up and say, this is counterfeit, this isn't counterfeit. Right. So the genius of, of crypto in that sense was, we're going to create a ledger that's online, that's decentralized, and that anyone can take a look at. And is that the blockchain? That's on a blockchain. On a blockchain. Okay. And so each cryptocurrency would have its own blockchain. And so what you what they decided to do, or what Satoshi did with Bitcoin specifically, is he said, I'm going to make this thing, and there's going to be copies of it all around the world. So it's not going to, like, if you go to Bank of America, there's a Bank of America computer and then probably a couple backups. All of it is owned by Bank of America. So if I want to go in and see... If my check cleared, I have to go to Bank of America and only Bank of America. Mm -hmm. and, and they'll show me a copy of my check. And so they said, we don't want to do that. We don't want this controlled by a bank. We don't want it controlled by a government. So we're going to set up these computer nodes on every continent that are going to have an identical copy of the, of the ledger. And so in order to make this transparent, we are going to have to have someone process these transactions. And so they said, well, how do we incentivize people to do that for free? Why would Don O'Neill buy a computer, hook it up to the internet, and dedicate all of his, you know, pay for the electricity bill, pay for the maintenance of his computer to process these transactions if we need to figure out a way to pay him? 
And so there are uh, hundreds of thousands of people around the world that have set up these computers. The way they get paid is that Bitcoin will give them a little bit of Bitcoin. And so they set up this algorithm that creates a very difficult math problem. And in order for you to get Bitcoin, you are processing my transaction to buy bread. And so I go, I go to you and I say, Don, I need to buy some food for my family. I'm going to pay you this Bitcoin. You accept it. You accept that, that transaction. I give you a fraction of a Bitcoin. That transaction has to go into the system. Then someone solves this math problem that is generated by the, the, the engine, so to speak, generated by the Bitcoin algorithm. Are, 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 are some of the same people trying to solve the same problem or do they yes. have, or do they have a problem assigned? No, to them? everybody is trying to solve the same problems. Oh. The first computer to solve that transaction gets a fraction of a Bitcoin. Got it. And now that becomes laid down in the ledger so that anyone could go back and say, how did Ron get that Bitcoin? Oh, I can go back and I, I found his account number for lack of a better, his user number. And he purchased it or someone else gave it to him. We can go back and reconstruct. It's in a blockchain. It's in the blockchain and you cannot go back. You can't reverse hack the okay. blockchain. Got it. And so the problems are getting increasingly harder. Because more people are using it? Be, no, be, for Bitcoin specifically, they capped the, the number of Bitcoin that will ever be produced. Right. And so it's, it's algorithmic as you get closer to the end. I think it's 2050 or 2060, something like that. They'll be, that it'll be capped at that point. Right. So they, they said we're, there's a hard cap on the number of Bitcoin. The theory on that being is that you need to constrain sub, demand, supply so that it has value. If it's an unlimited supply, then why, why would it go up in value? So they said there's only going to be a certain number of Bitcoin ever made. And, and so the problem gets increasingly harder as it goes up because the value is theoretically going up. So, so does so that answer your question? It does. So, so why would Elon Musk say we're, we're not going to accept Bitcoin, but we'll, we would accept Dogecoin? Why would that be? Well, be, because the Bitcoin, the, then it got into speculation. So people started trading Bitcoin without doing a transaction. So I no longer would come to buy food for my family. I'm just going to trade Bitcoin like an equity. And so people began to say, oh, well, if I solve a lot of problems and Bitcoin is going up, then if I start mining, instead of having one computer, what if I team up with Don and we have a thousand computers? And instead of buying electricity here in Seattle, Let's go to Spokane. That's right next to the gorge mm -hmm. where power is really cheap. We're going to build a big warehouse and just pack it full of computers. And now we're solving all kinds of problems. And so, but we're not doing it for legitimate transactions. We're just doing it to acquire Bitcoin. Yep. And so that's where it went off the rails and people in terms of like the mission statement of Bitcoin, in terms of uh, people just acquiring it just to trade it, to trade the actual coin as opposed to trading it for goods or services. And Dogecoin isn't doing that? I don't know enough about Dodge. Dogecoin started as a spoof, uh, a guy that made uh, this for his dog. And so that's why there's a dog on the front of it. And it was a joke. But it caught on, and and I don't know how they. I don't know enough about Dogecoin to know how how its blockchain works. But um, that's the the problem and the blessing of crypto. So going forward from here, 
the one, there's some applications that will be cool. So like you and I working in real estate, we have contracts all the time that we have to sign. Well, one of the things that, that's been theorized that, about the blockchain is what if we could do a real estate transaction to where we wouldn't need a lender to approve of the money? We could do it through a blockchain that guarantees the authenticity and the provenance of this transaction. And it's laid down in the blockchain so that you could trust me uh, without having to use an escrow service, without asking, having to use a financial institution. And we, we wouldn't have to go through all that paperwork. I could just say, Don, I want to buy your property. Look at my ledger. Look at my, my, my crypto wallet. You can trust me because it's backed up by the ledger. I don't need escrow. I don't need a contract. You know, we don't need a third party. This is between you and me. You can see that I have the funds. You want to sell that property. Let's do this. So we could craft that contract in the blockchain. You can trust that I'm not scamming you because I'm going to reveal to you I have that available. We can cut out everybody else and you and I can do that deal. That's what they're proposing. That's one application. The other one is, like you said, with pollution. I could create a product, diamond. And I can say, Don, I'm going to guarantee to you this is not a blood diamond. How am I going to do that? Because when we first took this out of the ground, I put it in the blockchain. Hmm. And you can tell, you can go back in the blockchain and see exactly where this was mined, who mined it, where we got it, where it was located. Every person that's now handled this when they scan the barcode goes into the blockchain. And so you can be confident to buy, spend more on my diamond because you can look, you yourself can verify it's not a blood diamond. And when it's laid into the blockchain, independent, uh, open source, where one entity doesn't control that, it should make you trust me more. Yeah, we'll see you on the other side of this. You can just tell that they uh, that they're just real genuine guys and, and care about uh, who they work with and just feel like we you know we got we got some some more friends now. It truly is one of life's biggest transactions. If you're downsizing, upsizing, or right sizing, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Oli. Hi, I'm Emmy. Hi, I'm John Greenland. I'm Lauren Greenland. Hi, my name is uh, Anthony Kroll. Hi, I'm Gretchen. And I'm Byron. And we sat down with, with Ron and Don. Mm-hmm. They were more prepared. They paid way more attention to detail. Um, and then they just came in with a, with a lot more knowledge and were able to set those expectations up a lot better than um, some of the previous uh, realtors that we worked with. So, I mean, I was I was extremely pleased with uh, the the entire, the, the sit down, the, the experience and, and the results, of course. There was a friendship that developed and a, and, and a trust. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say a trust and then, you know, we yeah. have, we love them. It's been a hell of a lot of fun for one thing. I see them as, as friends now. I feel like they've made me feel part of this community. And knowing that, you know, Dawn's just down the street is, is comforting. <laughs> we totally consider Ron and Dawn friends of ours now. And we do miss working with them. It was intense there for a little bit. But it's an experience that we'll always remember and have and um, and now lifelong friends. It's the Ron and Don Nation. That's right. <laughs> Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com.
Sign up for the nation news at ronandonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back uh, to the Ron and Don Show. It's been one year since uh, George Floyd's death, and as a result of that, a lot of activists are asking this question, have police departments really taken a look at themselves, and just not police departments, but the people that are being policed, those that are in charge in government, that are in charge of putting these police departments together, have we done enough in the last year to dismantle or defund or rethink. We've heard a lot of different words that have been thrown around. And I think this really hits home when we start thinking about Manuel Ellis. And if you don't know who Manuel Ellis is, uh, he was killed while in the custody of three Tacoma police officers. Uh, There were six officers that actually responded in Tacoma. And uh, this was, I believe, a year and a half ago. And those three officers were recently charged. And as a result of that, those three officers, depending on which officer we're speaking of, uh, one particular officer is facing manslaughter charges, two of them. That's uh, anywhere between six to 10 years. Another officer may get 18 years to the rest of his life in prison. We've never seen these type of charges in the state of Washington. And what happened here is there were a lot of people uh, down in Pierce County that were talking about Manuelis. There was there were a number of videotapes that citizens had taken and they had shared, and they were wondering why when he was in police custody, uh, they were wondering why not only did he die but why these police officers weren't charged. Pierce County Sheriff was brought in to do the investigation, and then it was found out that there was actually a Pierce County Sheriff that had shown up uh, to this particular scene. So then it was kicked to State Patrol, and then State Patrol kicked it to the AG's office, and then AG looked at it, and they said, you know what? We're going to file charges. So the state of Washington now has filed these charges against these three Tacoma police officers. As we're speaking, and you heard, and this would have happened just last week because we're, we're recording this a couple of days early. Um, these particular officers are now out on bail. They're immediately out on bail. I think bail for each of them was around $100,000. But I think what is really interesting here is in the state of Washington, we have never seen officers face charges like this and the thing is when you when you look at the picture of of these three young men uh you have to ask yourself did did they wake up in the morning and set out to go murder and kill someone i don't think so but at the same time when we see these different agencies all around the country doing some of the same things Uh, Now, even after George Floyd uh, has gotten so much press and so much attention, you you have to ask yourself, why are we continuing to kneel on the backs of people that can no longer breathe? Uh, There was an area camera that, and this wasn't uh, picked up by the police officers and their cameras, but it was picked up by a house nearby that had been running a camera that picked up the sound of him saying for nine minutes, for nine minutes, it went on that. And I don't know what it is about nine minutes. It seems like it's always nine minutes with George Floyd is nine minutes too. for nine minutes. He's calling them, sir. And I can't breathe. 
And then come to find out later on, he had lots of methamphetamine in him. And it used to be, oh, the guy's on drugs. Well, of course he died. Uh, it, that's on him. And so when we're looking at these cases, and all these cases are very different, and these officers deserve judge uh, justice, and they deserve to have their day in court too. Were you saying that, that George Floyd had methamphetamine, not, What's not Ellis in Tacoma? No, Ellis did too. Yeah, Ellis did too. He had a lot of methamphetamine in him. And, 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 and so, but, but the coroner looked at it. The coroner looked at it and said, you know what? This was a homicide. That's the way that the coroner looked at it. That this, this, what happened in police custody was not okay. So I'm just wondering in departments all over America, are, is there some kind of emergency meeting where we're like, hey, when someone is saying that, and, and, and I know, and I've seen guys do this. I have seen guys rope a dope cops and pretend like they can't breathe and then turn around and kick them in the balls. I have seen that. I've seen them rope a dope cops and turn around and bite them in the face. I've seen, cause when people are on methamphetamine and other types of drugs, people can get absolutely crazy and they can turn into wild animals. And what was happening on the streets down in Tacoma that people were filming, it was not fun to watch. It was not fun to watch. And sometimes when people are going crazy and batshit, it's it's not okay and it's not fun to watch. But at the same time, at the same time, uh, it seems like we have reached or I thought we had reached a place in America where we're going to start changing some of these practices and really find some of the best practices. Uh, But Ron, it's amazing to me since George Floyd and the Ellis case is a little different because I believe this happened before uh, George Floyd. But we're still seeing this happen in police departments all over the country. And I think a lot of times you just have officers that get in the middle of it. Group think takes over. You've learned some of these things in the academy about chokeholds and kneeling on people. And, and along the way, you, you kind of for, forget your humanity a little bit. And when you go back and you, and you look at the two videotapes in particular of what happened with Manuel Ellis, it's, it's heartbreaking and at the same time, he was a handful. He was a complete handful for those three officers. He was. I think the the the, the culture itself is being charged here a little bit because these, these officers apparently, with the stuff that I've read, it took the citizen video to not corroborate what they were saying. So they the thing, the incident happened. They... The, the person ended up dead. They file their official report. He's a black man, by the way, and, the, and, and these officers are not black. So so they have filed the official report, and then the citizens who had shot video was like, whoa, that report doesn't match what I saw by the 7-Eleven. And then it took like over a year, like you said, to sort of ping pong around through different jurisdictions to finally someone to go, yeah, this official story does not match the evidence that we have. And so I think that that's a, that's a big thing. And it makes you sad to think back of all of the decades and hundreds of years, probably in American history, where we just believed law enforcement, that that's the official line before there were cell phone cameras. And before you could document this from a 90 different angles, we would believe it. The benefit of the doubt went to the cop. The law went to the cop. Whenever there was a gray area, you would go, oh, well, that guy did something wrong, and the cop was defending himself, and it's he was done. High, he was high on methamphetamine. Or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Uh, and so now we're getting this new narrative where it's like, no, there is a culture 
in a lot of police departments, and it might be not a department wide, but maybe a specific group of officers that where when something goes wrong, you want to protect your own. You huddle around and you say, what is the story? And, you know, we've always heard the old uh, the ham sandwich thing and the planting of guns in New Orleans and all these things where you and I lived in the South, where something would go wrong and, and you would make up the story on the scene a cop would say here's what happened look at the gun like and you would create this narrative everybody got it that's the story and now that we have these outside the ability to go time out here's a camera from a guy parked 15 feet away and that doesn't match up what you said happened and what we can see happen is not the same thing so um, yeah, you're right. There's a long way to go. It, this has to be viewed as a good thing. Cause if you are a good, a good cop, if you are in good standing and, and your, your mission in life is to enforce laws and to do good in the community, you can't, you can't endorse this. I, yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know that, of any good cop that would endorse that where, where you go beyond when someone is distressed and having trouble breathing and you just keep going until they die. I don't think anyone is going to co-sign that. Yeah. And there's also an article just to tie a bow around this and, and, and these officers deserve to have their day in court and, and they will. And I'm not here to judge them because, because we haven't seen the evidence. Uh, but I do, I do think this this is an extraordinary time and I do know so many good cops, so many good cops uh, that are just, they're scared to death right now of 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 going to work each and every day, and and they're not afraid. They're not afraid of uh, being held accountable because sometimes that's the way it's framed. They're not afraid of being held accountable, but what they are afraid of is just the overall feeling in America right now, and a lot of in a lot of places towards cops. Right? You think about the way that we felt about cops and firefighters. After 9-11, I still think we feel that way about firefighters. And there's a lot of people that don't feel that way about cops. And yet at the same time, I was on a trail run yesterday and I fell and my phone accidentally went off and it dialed 911. Uh, and I was down in this ravine and the the I, I hung up on the... 911. I don't have you ever triggered that on your phone? The emergency thing? No. Yeah. So they call you back. And I was down in this ravine and luckily I was able to get up and brush myself off, but what if I wasn't? And it, it was it was Seattle police that was on the other side of that call, which I was very grateful for. So, anyway. This is it's it's complicated, but it feels like the arc of history is bending in the right direction here yeah. to me. All right, uh, we'll take you down to Alabama and do some yoga on the other side of this. Ready to get in the game? Get your playbook and schedule your Ron and Don sit down now at ronanddonsitdown.com. 
All right, you guys, welcome back to episode 268 of the Ron and Don Show. Namaste, you guys. Namaste. Anyway, don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. And if you want to down dog with us, all you have to do is go to Ron and Don sit down.com and we can down dog it. Uh, you've done much yoga in your life? I, 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 I mean, I've done my fair share. Yeah, I'm I, not very I, good at it. I've but. tried it and I just don't enjoy it. And, and I've tried all different types of yoga and hot yoga. And I went in one time, a friend of mine had a, a, a yoga studio in Kirkland. I'm like, She's like, bring a gallon of water. It's going to be an hour and a half. And I'm like, oh, my God, an hour and a half a gallon of water. So then I saw, and this is a little creepy, you guys, but I was younger, and I looked at the girls that I got to go in the yoga class with, and I'm like, yeah, an hour and a half. and This is not going to be a problem. And, 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 and I didn't understand why I needed a whole gallon of water. It didn't make sense to me. So then we get in there, and this older gentleman he had to be in his 70s. I give him a lot of credit. But he took all his clothes off. He had these little Speedos on, very, very hairy. He had white hair coming out of his back. I'll never forget it. And it's like one of those things where your hair falls out, and it sticks to your back, and it just stuck all over his body. He's like a hairy bear. And he's right in front of me. Stinks like, ah, oh, anyway. So we start doing these poses in this really hot room. And they, 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 it had to be 120 in there. And I would say I got 12 minutes in and I was just down for the count on the floor. And like, I'm drinking my water and his water and everybody else's. And the deal is they tell you, like, if you get wiped out, you can't leave. You're not allowed to leave. You got to just namaste it right there. You got to down dog it, take a nap. So I, I spent most of the yoga uh, time on the floor because I ran out of water like in the first half hour and I was done. You drank a gallon of water in a half hour? Oh my gosh. It, it, was, it was crazy. So I didn't enjoy that. I've tried other yoga. I usually, you know, they have a candle thing. People do headstands, all kinds of stuff. And I, just, I know it's good for me. Like I know I need to do it, but I just... There's no action. This is, I'm an action guy over here. I like to be John Wayne when I go in there. I'm, I'm, I, 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 I want to have something going on. Speed yoga. Yeah. So anyway, in Alabama now, Alabama, uh, they have said for the longest time that we can't do yoga in schools, but they've now recognized that yoga is probably good for kids. So the concern has been in Alabama, which is very evangelical, if you've ever been down there, very evangelical Christian. They, they they were concerned about having yoga in the public schools because it's connected to the Hindu religion, right? And so what they have decided, and, and kids can get a permission slip. Can, can we pause right there? Because it's the way Western yoga is not connected to Hinduism. What's that? Well, the Western yoga that we know of bending and stretching and stuff yeah. is not connected to, to any, in, in Alabama it is. Okay. And, and so in Alabama, you're not allowed to use any... Uh, and they use the, the, in the, <laughs> so for 30 years it was outlawed. Yeah. It, it, you're not allowed to use any, they call it foreign words. You're not allowed to use any foreign words. You're only allowed to use English. But last time I, I checked, English is pretty foreign. Uh, that language seems to be. So you're, so you're not allowed to identify really any of the poses. So I think you can say, Hey, Bobby, uh, your kids aren't called Bobby anymore. Hey, Aiden. Uh, bend over and then no, lean you can to the use left, downward dog and, and those to, things and lean to the, lean to the right. You can't use the Sanskrit word. Sit down, stand up, fight, fight, fight. But but if it's if it starts getting mystical, and if the kids start meditating, there's no meditation allowed. If you start meditating, that's the one I don't get. You have to completely stop because we wouldn't want kids to have brain health, right? Mabel, snap out of it. <laughs> Open your eyes, Mabel. Mabel's a common name nowadays, isn't it? No. Only our friend Kanan has a daughter named Mabel. What are the... I don't, I know, I don't old, know of one other girl named I Mabel. I thought all those old school names were coming back for girls. 
I don't think Mabel came back. Did it? Okay. No. Well, Mabel still needs to open her eyes <laughs> if she's in Alabama. Hey, you guys. Thanks for stopping by. Namaste to all of you. We really appreciate that. And uh, thank you for supporting the Ron and Don Show. Thanks for hitting subscribe. Thanks for going out to your podcast uh, podcast player, your choice. A lot of you going out on Apple. You've given us a five-star review. You've written great things. That helps with the algorithm, and it helps spread the show. So thanks for over a million plays. We appreciate that so much. And don't forget, when you hit subscribe, it drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so it's right there and ready to go. Our Share thanks it to on Schwab. your socials, eh? Yeah, our thanks to Les Schwab for sponsoring today's show. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. And don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere that are always ready to sit down with you. Sit down! Just talking to Charlie. Go to ronandonsitdown.com if you want to sit down with us and start that real estate journey. Just go to ronandonsitdown.com. As I said, head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network. <laughs>